Welcome back to ADHD Positive, everybody. So, sorry it's been a long time I've been on here. I've uh, got a lot of stuff going on, um, just with COVID-19 being over in the new year and the president and everything else. So, um, what I'm going to talk about today is jobs, because right now, a lot of us are going back into the workforce. A lot of us may be having to change the jobs that we're in, and so that comes with a lot of um, rearranging, figuring out new things, new ideas, and specifically jobs and how they relate to people with ADHD. So let's go ahead and dive into it. So the main things that um, people with ADHD encounter when when working is we have a lot of turnover. We, we're very impulsive, especially if the environment is not organized. There's a lot of distractions. So if you work in an office space, there's a lot of noise and uh, you don't have your own cubicle and things like that. These are all things that can that can hinder uh, your progression at a job and make you want to leave. So the burnout is even higher uh, when it when it comes to that. And like some of the main reasons for again the burnout is lack of organization, uh, poor work processes, lack of passion for the job. That's a huge one because uh, some of the main jobs for ADHD individuals include uh, passionate fields that that encourage them to want to do the job. Um, these are things like teachers, uh, social workers, um, psychologists, uh, designers, planners, uh, a lot of um, availability to have free thought and movement in your job. Um, second, so again, with that is, like I said, distracting workplaces. And one note I wanna make about um, my, not only my experience, what I've researched and found out is that many people with ADHD, especially adults, um, they will typically lose uh, money annually, roughly five to $8,000 annually because of the issues that arise at work and the turnover and the, the burnout rate that we do encounter. And this isn't, a, this isn't a flaw, it's just a circumstance that we have to work with. But in understanding that circumstance, you have to have a different mindset at the kind of job that you look at and you, and you want to work. So a lot of us experience... Not, not per se me, I, I, I mean, I have experienced some of this stuff, but I'm just feeling attacked a lot um, because there are things that leaders, management, and things that they don't understand when it comes to coaching somebody with ADHD. And unfortunately, the workplace doesn't have a lot of tolerance for diversity when it comes to the mindset. And uh, a, lot of those, a lot of those leaders don't know how to coach and understand how to utilize their employees the best, even with ADHD. So a lot of times they feel attacked um, underappreciated because, you know, if we have a job that's kind of slower paced and we work faster than everybody else, um, we tend to often feel that we do more work than everybody else because we just work faster naturally. Our brains think, 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 process, 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 and we can get things done quicker in an organized environment and setting. Um, we also feel often misunderstood because there's a lot of, again, um, leadership, even, even coworkers, don't understand and when we make a when we make a single mistake we are a lot harder on ourselves for making a single mistake as opposed to somebody who doesn't have adhd they can make mistakes all the time and that's just how they operate whenever we make a mistake at work whenever we're late for work um, it, it, it impacts us a lot worse because we already have an underlying thought about ourselves in the workforce so these are some of the things that we encounter at work that cause us problems so again um what kind of job should you look for? Um, now, I'm not saying everybody has the option to go out and find a job um, that's in this list or category of jobs, but it is helpful to kind of narrow down what you want to do that works for you in that passion field or 
just close to it so that way you don't struggle with some of the issues that occur quite frequently. Again, you want to make sure that your, your workplace is organized. You want to make sure that your management is organized. And when I mean organized, I mean you want to make sure their work areas are organized. If you go into a job interview and you notice that the manager or the interviewers are interviewing you, there's papers everywhere, um, that's, that's an indicator that um, it's not just um, the management. It's probably a, a large portion of the actual group of people that work there, not just the manager. So you want to look for those things when you're in an interview. A highly structured environment. Okay, that is also something that not everybody with ADHD, but most adults with ADHD are going to want something with high structure. Um, and not, this doesn't mean micromanagement. It just means structure. So uh, concise and clear instructions on how to get your work done um, through the appropriate, appropriate channels and things like that. So you want to make sure that there's some structure. Again, you're not going to find that in every job all the time, but these are some of the things you want to work towards in order to make sure that you have success at your job and longevity. Uh, Fast-paced work. Now, this isn't for everybody because just because you have ADHD doesn't mean you have um, hyperactivity, and that's just the main focus of ADHD in your circumstance. Uh, now, everyone's not going to want to work at Amazon or, or work at FedEx or work at UPS, sorting packages and things, because we also have other things that come into play, like our body structure, um, the routine and, and um, the, the monotone procedures over and over and over again can also lead to burnout. So again, make sure that your passion and your expectations kind of meet in the middle. You don't want to have too much black and white. You want to have a gray area when you're looking for this job. And again, make sure it's passion filled. Um, you want to make sure that you, you like the job. I, I like coaching people. I like talking to people. And it's been one of my fears for a long time, but I'm realizing that I love talking to people. I love encouraging them, pushing them. And that's a passion of mine. Designing and creating spaces in my mind and then putting them on paper is also a passion of mine. So those come very easily. And even with the ADHD components in there and circumstances that I deal with when I do, the, do those things, I still enjoy highly what I do. I don't have very many problems figuring out the next step of the process. So even, even when there's setbacks and failures, again, you want to fail at something that you enjoy and have passion for. You don't want to fail at something that you already don't like that's mundane and just boring. Okay. That's just, gonna, that's just going to piss you off and it's going to, it's going to rack your mind more than you want it to. So again, some studies um, that I, I looked up, you know, teachers, uh, passion filled ideas, um, podcasting, designing, if you want to be a, be a motivational speaker, a life coach, do those things. Um, make sure that you feel positive about it and passionate about it. And that's essentially what kind of jobs you want to look for. Jobs with structure, jobs you have passion for, um, jobs that have organized workspace. And if that, you can't find that out in the workforce, make it for yourself. Okay. Again, this is just a circumstance and it's not something that we have to let control us when we are looking for professional avenue uh, to do what we like to do. So the next thing I'm going to talk about is uh, the job interview. What you want to do before the job interview, during the job interview, and after the job interview. Um, a lot of us with ADHD, we have a hard time planning and organizing what we're actually going to do because we are very social speakers. So a lot of times we won't plan. We won't research a company. We won't research questions that, are, that would probably come up based on our resume. You want to prepare for those things. You want to have uh, priorities for your interview. Um, not only is this a, 
a interview for you, but it's also you interviewing the company. Again, you want to make sure that you're not overselling yourself. So tell the truth about what you know how to do and don't know how to do. But you also want to make sure that the company is a good fit for you. Don't just go into the company. And again, <clears throat> if you're having a hard time and you don't have work and things are hard to come by, this may not be um, applicable for you, but it's always an option for you to do when you go into interviews. Just make sure the inter- make sure the company is actually uh, a good a good interview place for you, a good job for you. Rehearse rehearse your your interview process, whether you do it with a family member, a partner, rehearse it because that will take a lot of the impulsivity when it comes to answering certain questions out of the play. Um, it will prepare you for questions that you weren't prepared for. So, for example, if they ask you, you know, what what are your biggest strengths? Rehearse what your biggest strengths are. And that will help you a lot when you actually get to the interview. Uh, things you can work on during the actual interview, um, time management, be early. There's a lot of us obviously deal with not being early. We're, we're quite frequently late. Uh, my girlfriend's actually late a lot more often than I am. So uh, that's something that I also have had to work on when it comes to a job that I wasn't really passionate about or didn't like. And there were times where I didn't come to work on time early. And again, that's one of those things that, is called, that affects the burnout at a company. Um, what I usually do when I have an interview that I'm uncomfortable about is I meditate before. Positivity meditation, the meditation apps out there like you guys have heard in my last episodes. So try to meditate. See if that works. Go over your notes. Uh, that's going to help you remember things that you, quite, that you didn't really think that you had like cemented in your mind. And so you want to re go over your notes and maybe do like another short rehearsal in your car or just on your work, on your way to the interview, uh, put that meditation on, on the uh, radio in your car and things like that. Be positive, stay positive about who you are as a person. Don't go into this interview thinking, well, these circumstances are going to cause me to uh, have an uphill battle or, or climb. Anybody who's interviewing is in the same position you're in. They don't know that you have ADHD. So that's not something that you need to really worry about when you go into an interview because you don't want to, you don't want to go in there and say, well, I can't do this. So I'm going to go in here and, and just, just give it, you know, a little bit of effort. Go in there, be positive, be confident in who you are as a person, because even though you have ADHD, you bring talents and skills to the workforce that other people cannot and will not ever be able to. That is, that is again, the silver lining in ADHD. There are things that we will be able to do better than other people. It's also important to actively listen in an interview. There have been many times where I've been in an interview and I've been comfortable and complacent with the jobs that I worked in, such as landscaping. And while I'm listening to an interviewer, I'm immediately thinking about my response to the questions they're asking me while shaking my head. That's not actively listening. Actively listening is waiting until they're done. And this is going to be difficult. Practice in micro sessions by yourself. Because active listening doesn't just affect people with ADHD, it affects people who don't have it. So just think about that. We have, again, more to work up to in order to become par with the rest of society in in a matter of speaking. So listen to the interviewer. Make sure that you know what you want to say at the end of it. Also, pay attention to your body language. Body language is huge for people with ADHD. We speak a lot with our body. We do a lot of fidgeting. Um, we, We tend to move our feet a lot, our hands a lot. So pay attention to your fidgeting, pay attention to your faces, because you may be making faces that the interviewers aren't really 
liking or understanding. And so if you feel that you're in that, in, in that zone where you may be fidgeting or making faces, look at the interviewers and see what the reactions are and see if what you're actually feeling that you're doing is actually happening. Because we can also psych ourselves out and feel like we are doing more fidgeting than usual. But again, it's an interview. You're going to be nervous. There are going to be parts of you know, the interview where nervousness comes into play and that's just a natural thing. Uh, one part of active listening that I didn't touch upon is when the interviewer is asking you questions, it's helpful to lean in and engage the conversation or lean in and engage the question and eye contact. Uh, those are two great things for active listening to help the interviewer know that you're actually paying attention to what we what they're actually talking about. Again, be truthful. Don't make up a resume. Don't don't tell someone that you can do something just because you feel inadequate. Because again. ADHD is a circumstance. It's not, it's not the end of life. Um, the way I look at it is every day that I wake up with ADHD, I realize I have more progress to make within myself to conquer ADHD and use it for my own good. So I'm making progress every day that people can't see on the outside. It's not like going to the gym. It's waking up and get a, getting a mindset that you can do anything that you want to do as long as you tell yourself you can do that. So again, be truthful, be positive, and know that you can do it. Have confidence going in there. And the, again, the confidence part also will come with don't apply for jobs that you're not going to like. If you know that you're not going to like a position or you know that you're not going to like a company or you had a red flag on a phone call with a manager who maybe talked to you a little, a little sideways or something like that, those are things to think about. So when you go into that interview, you also want to have notes prepared and written down on things that you've already experienced up to that moment. I've applied for jobs, went in for interviews, and was told, hey, they're out here, um, called them, left them emails after the fact, and never got any response back. That's probably a company I'm probably not going to work with again. So at the, end of the, at the end of the interview, they always ask you questions, right? And this is an area where impulsivity and inattention and hyperactivity can get the best of you because while you're listening to the actual interview questions throughout, you could be thinking about all the stuff you want to ask at the end. This is a great opportunity for you to focus on those active listening things and body language and ask pointed questions about what you actually want to get an answer on. We're probably going to have, I know that I usually have a plethora of questions that I want to ask and about six out of 10 of them have nothing to do with the actual position up front. Um, I'm just asking questions because I'm curious about things that I saw as I'm walking in um, and things like that. So, for example, I walked into an interview and both of the ladies who interviewed me, they were secretaries for this landscape company. And um, they had, you know, pajama pants on with polka dots and fuzzy slippers. And the whole time I'm sitting here in the interview, I'm thinking about why am I being interviewed by two people who clearly don't care about professional appearance? And kind of later to find out they had no experience in landscaping. So that's what I was thinking about all through the interview until I got to the interview, um, it was still weighing on my mind. I didn't ask about it, but that's one of those things that I was focused on and hyper-focused on because I already knew that was going to be a flag. And I noticed that this may not be the place for me if the person who I'm actually working under, my supervisor, is not even in the meeting. It's just two secretaries who woke up and it looks like they just came to work in their pajamas. So ask pointed questions to find out exactly what you want to know and don't go overboard. It's always easy for us to go overboard and say extra and do extra and think extra. And that's okay. That's what makes us great. That's what makes us unique and creative. Don't be afraid of that, but also make sure that you have some notes written down while they're interviewing you, 
while trying to actively listen. Now it's going to be hard. So again, rehearse and practice these techniques. Um, listening to a partner for 10 minutes or even just, you know, put a, put a, a video on YouTube about motivational speaking and through the, through this speech, write down five or six, five or six notes or things that you want to follow up on or research on your computer or something and see how much you retain of the actual motivational speech or whatever interview process, whatever, and see how well you stick with your notes and not asking so many questions towards the end. Again, there's going to be some jobs where you're going to want to ask 10 to 15 questions. In my opinion, those jobs may not be the jobs for us because there's so much unanswered that we are trying to put the puzzle pieces together with only having the outline. So think about that as you get towards the interview uh, and make sure that you are asking pointed questions. After the interview, you can make a, a nice letter, send an email following up because sometimes it takes a while for people to get back to us and we can be and we can, we can have a lack of patience at peaceful people with ADHD. So again, we can start to get down on ourselves and feel like, well, they don't want to hire me, this or that. Well, a lot of jobs are busy. A lot of interviewers are busy. It's no excuse for not getting back to an employee on time. Um, but, but you always want to make sure that you follow up with the, with the, with the company that you think is suitable for you and try to take away some of the feelings of inadequacy around ADHD and maybe Maybe it's not because you were fidgeting or maybe it's not because you talked too fast. Maybe it's not because you um, didn't answer a question correctly in your own mind. Follow up and make sure that you have those bases covered. All right. So the things that we want to do moving forward with our job is to um, like discuss, like, for example, the current job market. That's, that's important right now because it is COVID-19 and there are going to be jobs that just don't make sense. So, for example, ADHD individuals, there's going to be some of us who can work from home and do telemarketing and customer service. Uh, there's going to be some of us who can um, do our own podcast and, and, and transition from working in an actual brick and mortar building to coming home and doing your own thing because you may have your spaces set up. You may have uh, your areas organized that works better for you. So again, there's all kinds of options out there and just make sure that you can find one that works for you and that you feel comfortable with. Just make sure that gray area fills everything that you need. Um, so at the end of this, I just want to point out there's some people who, um, celebrities and things like that who have ADHD that are really significant today. Like, for example, Michael Phelps, uh, he has ADHD. You know, Simone Biles, Adam Levine, Justin Timberlake, and Solange Knowles. Those are just a couple of people that have ADHD. Even Walt Disney had ADHD, and he actually went bankrupt seven times. But now look at Disney Plus on your Fire Stick or Hulu or Roku or whatever. You know, it just shows you that ADHD does not define you. Adults with ADHD will frequently excel in a workplace once they have found a suitable role and accepted all their circumstances. Again, it's, it's about you working with what you have and finding a company that is able to coach you and work with you as well. And oftentimes, if you find a job that you're passionate about, you're not really gonna have to figure out uh, how, to, how to finagle and manage and, and twist and turn and, and, and shove things into place and make them fit because they will work for you. So don't go to a job. If you have problems with inattentiveness or distractions easily, don't go to a job in a, in a you know, an office space where there's large windows with cars passing by all day. And if you happen to be in that situation, ask ask your employer for a room or ask your employer like for a cubicle um, in these certain circumstances or situations. You can also ask to have headphones on, listen to music at work. These are all things that 
I feel like most companies would be open to unless you're in a group setting where you're having to discuss things in a, in a large form. So again, just know the ADHD is not a is not going to keep you from doing what you want to do in life and know that the confidence that you bestow within yourself can make you a better person tomorrow, even if the interview did not go the way you want it to go. There's always going to be opportunities out there for you. And a lot of times people with ADHD, because we're so creative, so driven, um, we will be entrepreneurs. A lot of us will reach out, branch out and do our own things because we know that helping other people through their struggles makes us feel better about our struggles. So again, just make sure that you're positive about this. Make sure that if you are going out for a job interview, look for the flags, make sure that you're not going into a place that you know you're not going to like up front because chances are, and I've been there before, you're not going to like the job. You're, you're going to have complacency. You're going to start feeling as though you're, again, um, under undermined, attacked for a lot of issues that you have because you have ADHD. There's a lot of places I've been to where the structure, just the management structure, um, and just simply the organization of tools and workspaces were such a hindrance to me that I found myself trying to correct a lot of the organizational problems at my jobs as opposed to actually doing the job that I was hired to do. So make sure that you're going into a job again that you want to do and that you have passion for. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that episode um, on jobs and the market right now. I'm going to be coming out with some more later on this week. I'm sorry it took so long for me to get back with everybody out there. Um, be looking for some meditative guided guided meditations in the next week or two. And I'm going to keep posting some challenges uh, throughout the week. And for example, today, as the new year starts, I want everybody to get out a piece of paper and write down two things, just two things, just two things to start. Do those for a week. So for example, make my bed as soon as I get up. Um, as soon as I pull the clothes out of the washer, or as soon as I pull the clothes out of the dryer, put the clothes where you put on the dryer. Make sure that you switch your clothes from the washer over to the dryer. Just a simple task like that to get your mindset back and condition your mindset back to those, those small successes throughout the day in order to build on the larger successes that you're going to want for the week and the month and the year. So just get a piece of paper out, write down two things. If you're feeling more um, you know, adventurous, go ahead and write down three or four or five things, whatever it is, but don't overwhelm yourself because this is a conditioning exercise in order to get us back in the mindset of um, getting the routine going again. It's very easy for people with ADHD to get out of a routine, become complacent. Even if you have a bullet journal, even if you had a, a even if you had a really guided meditation plan, things can arise and will cause us to backslide, if you will, into a position of complacency. That's a continuous struggle for me. And I know that just writing down simple things. So for example, when you write down, so if you want to write down making your bed in the morning, great. Put a little time, put a little time limit out to the side of that. Okay, challenge yourself. So, for example, if you're going to make your bed in the morning, um, you have a Fitbit or you have a watch or you have one of these Echoes or dots or whatever. Say you want to make your bed in five minutes. All right, get up, get dressed, uh, do your do your morning routine in the bathroom, whatever, and then set your timer for five minutes and get the bed made. And before you know it, that five minutes will be passed, and the bed probably won't even take five minutes to get done. But that's a small. A goal and success of the day that actually changes the chemical balance in your brain to make you feel more positive and energized about what you just did. So I hope you guys had a great time listening to this episode. I hope you guys learned something from this just as I did. And I will see you guys next week. Thanks.